Well, welcome to another week of our Summer in the Psalms series. We have chosen about 10 psalms to walk through, and I really have enjoyed uh, doing um, this walkthrough with you. And uh, just so you'll know, we're going to be in, um, in Psalm 139, so if you have your copy of God's Word, you can kind of get that ready, whether it's your digital copy or you're watching on the screens or, or, the, um, or your copy of God's Word, your hard copy. But we're going to be in Psalm 139, one of my favorite psalms, so I'm super excited about uh, today's uh, message. But during this psalm series, we're learning that the psalms really isn't, it's not a bunch of um, a collection of words that God has given to us through prophets about us or for us. It's really from mankind to God or about God. And it helps us to understand who God is. And that's a great thing. I mean, it's a great thing to be able to know our, um, our great creator. But also with that said, the Psalms uh, do contain traces of biblical prophecy about Jesus as well as how God thinks about us. So it's really important for us to understand that when, when we read a psalm like today from David, David is writing, and David was a man after God's own heart, David is, is literally writing something about God to help us understand how God thinks about us and God's love. For example, uh, our oldest daughter, Madison, she's here today, her and her husband, Michael, and so uh, Madison being our oldest child is she probably knows better uh, than, than really anybody because she's been uh, the child the longest in our family. But she probably has a really good idea of how much I love her and how I would do anything for her. I mean, I would die for her. And she can stand up here to, today and tell you all about how I love her and how I would do anything for her and... And it wouldn't be me saying that. It would be her saying that about me. Well, that's very similar to what David is doing in this psalm and many others uh, of the psalm writers, is that they are talking about God, his attributes, his characteristics, but we can use that, those words, and say, you know what? I'm going to accept that characteristic about God and how he thinks about me, how he looks at me as well. So it's really important that these psalms aren't just um, a collection of people, oh, God is this, and, and that's just between me and God. There's a reason why they're in this book. There's a reason why we are talking about them today, and the, and the reason is is because they are alive and active, and you can be they can be used in your life and my life as well. So when we read today's psalm, I want you to think this this collection of words, this text is for me today, and not just between David and the Lord. Well, as we get into this message, I'm going to ask you a question: Have you ever felt like? A nobody? <laughs> Have you ever felt like a nobody in your life? Maybe, maybe you felt like uh, you were overlooked, or maybe you felt underappreciated. Certainly, you might felt un underpaid, or maybe you felt unnecessary. Have, have you ever been picked last on a, on a sports team, kickball team, dodgeball team? Am I the only one in the room that's ever been picked last on a thank you Thank you for at least, at least lie and make your pastor feel good. All right. So if you ever felt like you are a nobody, then this message is for you. And there are times in my life that I've, I've felt overlooked. 
Absolutely. There are times in my life I've felt unnecessary, un, uh, underappreciated, uh, underpaid. Well, just know this, that this Psalm 139, God wants to show you a different picture of your life. He wants to give you a view from the top to help you see the meaning of your life from his perspective. So the first biblical truth about you from God's perspective is that God knows you. God knows you. And we see this in the first six verses of Psalm 139. So let's dive in this together. For the director of music of David, a psalm. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a, world is, uh, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Have you ever searched in your house for something? <laughs> Just the other day, I was putting something together, a bed, and there was a special Allen wrench tool that I needed to put this bed together, this bunk bed. We were just kind of moving things around from one room to the next, and literally it was in my hand, and the next moment it wasn't. Guys, have you ever had a tool that was in this hand, and then 10 seconds later it wasn't there, and there's, there's no way it could have just disappeared in thin air. It's got to be there somewhere. And I turned that room over and upside down, and that Allen wrench is gone. I mean, it, is, it has disappeared. But one thing I know, I know that room better now than I did before. You know why? Because I had to search for something. That's the way God searches us. God knows your heart, your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul better than anybody. Why? Because the Bible said that says he searches us. He searches us because he's interested in us. Even though he made us and he knows every part about us, he searches us. And so God dissects our inner world into parts, discerning what makes us tick and why we do what we do. He has penetrated past our best foot forward. He has such a grasp of each one of us on a programming level that he knows precisely what you will say and do next, as if it had already happened, or as if you had already performed that. So God knows your heart, your fears, your thoughts, your motives, your dreams, your frustrations. He knows your past, your present, and your future. He understands you. He gets you. He knows you. It's kind of like my car mechanic. My car mechanic, T.J. Crane, is in the the house today. If you, if you need car work, I highly recommend T.J. Crane. Now, T.J. knows my car better than I know my car. T.J. can drive my car and sense when something's wrong. He can hear things in my car that I've never heard before. One reason is because I'm always driving it. But second reason is because I just hear things in my car. It's like, well, I guess it's supposed to happen. I guess it's supposed to be like that. And TJ's like, no, not really. And so TJ can drive around my car, and he'll know exactly what to do. And, and he can even look at my tires and know about how many more miles I have before I have to get new tires. And so TJ 
searches my car and he knows my car better than I do. If I open the hood of my car, I just get confused. I just, I just get confused. I mean, back in the day, when I drove like a 1977 Buick, I could, I rebuilt a carburetor before. Cars don't have those anymore. You know, they have other things, you know? And I look at it, just, I'm just confused. Okay, some of you guys who are mechanically minded, you're laughing at me, and that, or laughing with me, or laughing at yourself, and that's perfectly fine. But it's the same with my life. God knows how many miles I have left in this life. He knows what's really wrong with my body, with my mind, with my heart. What he sees, I can't see. What he sees, I can't see. You know, TJ can see things that I can't see. He knows that I need to change my flux capacitor. He knows that I need to change my, you know, my blinker fluid. You know, he, know, he knows how to do all those things. He sees it when I can't. So why would I try to fix things myself or not include God in some of life's biggest moments and decisions? Do you know many people do that? Even though there's a, there's a mechanic in life, there's a, there's a God who knows them and can see things in their life that they can't even see, why would they go about their life without God? Why would they say, hey, I don't need God? But as, God, as David reveals, God knows you. Maybe one reason why you feel like a nobody sometimes is that you're not connected to the one who really knows you. That's important. So number one aspect, God knows you. The second thing we see in verses seven through 12 is God pursues you. God pursues you. Look at seven. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. That night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. When you feel like you're nobody, you feel as though no one wants you. Maybe no one is following you on Instagram or no one is liking your Facebook posts. It's easy for you to feel alone and isolated. But David reminds us that God will be wherever you are. So you may say, where is God? Wherever you are. Where is God in my life? Many people ask that question. Where you are is where God is. It's kind of like that Visa commercial. You know the Visa commercial, their, their slogan? Visa, it's everywhere you want to be. Remember that? Visa, it's everywhere you want to be. That's like God. God's better than Visa. God is everywhere you want to be. We are called God's beloved, his chosen, dearly loved children. We are told that nothing can separate us from the love of God through Jesus Christ. 
when you feel the crushing weight of loneliness and, and, and you wonder if you will be missed when you are gone, remember this, God pursues you. He pursues you. He will pick you first on his dodgeball team. <laughs> he will all the time. He will pick you first. He even pursues you in your darkest times, as David shares. Any darkness in your life is nothing to God. And I know there, that, that, that you sitting here or watching online, there are times there have been seasons of darkness in your life. Even the darkest of the darkest moments in your life, God is there, because guess what? God's not afraid of the dark. He's not. He's not afraid of the dark, and he knows his way through the darkness, and he will pursue you. Not in a creepy, sort of stalky way. He will pursue you. Why? Because he loves you. So God knows you, God pursues you. And, and th this is huge if you have ever just felt like that you're a nobody. What's the third thing we know? We see this in verses 13 through 16. The first part of 16 is where we're gonna stop. So 13 through 16, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Let's stop there at this, that moment. These verses confirm how God made you unique from your DNA to your thumbprint. He knew you before you were born. God shared this similar thought to Jeremiah, the prophet. In Jeremiah, verses one through five, you don't have to turn there, but he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You know, the best illustration I can give you for God's unique design and, and, and this sort of thought that God knows us before is with songwriting. I've written a few songs over the years, and now Logan is kind of taking the mantle and doing a lot more writing and, and better writing than me. But I, I still like to write every now and then. Um, but one thing I know for sure, every song that's written, every single one is different. Every single song. And the reason why, because when, when you include elements such as the key, the tempo, the rhythmic patterns, the melodic patterns, time signature, and lyrics, no two songs are the same. Like a song, you are very unique. When writing a song, I will often have a melody or rhythmic pattern in my head, and I hear it before it even gets performed, even before it's, it's birthed, before a song is born. In the conception time of a song, you actually hear it before it's, it's, it's fully born, before it's, it gives birth to itself. And so much like God 
sees us before we were born. God knows us before we were born. And God knows us while we are being conceived and, and while we, were, we are growing in, in the depths of the earth, which is another way of saying in the womb. Much like that, you can hear a song before it's born. So if a song can have these attributes written by mankind, then surely God could see you before you were born and develop you into a wonderful gift to share with others. Your life is like a song that God pieced together. Your life is a song. And you were, meant to, you were not meant to live it as a solo, but you were meant to live in harmony with others. You are not a nobody. You had the best songwriter in all creation write you into existence using the most beautiful melody. So just like a song, God, God has, crea- has created you and God has written you into existence and God knew you. God knows you now, God pursues you and God made you. That's so important. When you feel like you're nobody, you just gotta look at your, yourself in the mirror and just be able to say, God made you. You are made by God himself. And that's, that's a huge revelation. The fourth thing we see, as we look at the second part of 16, going through verse 18, is that God has a plan for you. Look at the second part of 16. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You know, when... uh, Sometimes the reason you may feel like a nobody is because you try to follow your own plans in your life. Maybe you try to follow your own plans. And so you're kind of on this island by yourself and you're in isolation from others and isolation from God and things just aren't going well. But when we follow God's plan for our life, then we will live with a greater purpose. We will know which paths we need to walk and which turns we need to take. The best example I can use is your GPS system on your phone. You know, getting ready for a long trip, you know, you you may use your phone to navigate to where you're going to go. Getting ready for a long trip, and we say, okay, We're going across these various states. I want to see what highway we're going to go on. I want to see what interstates we're going to go on. And so you may spend several minutes or even a few hours just studying that trip, just in case your phone dies or you don't have service anymore or whatever. And that's great. That's awesome. I don't roll like that. I I just don't. And it's probably not a good thing. But I'm okay with that. Don't judge me. Because literally... Right as we're getting in the car, I put it in my phone. I don't even look at it. I don't even look to make sure it's going in the right direction. 
<laughs> I mean, I just follow whatever it tells me to go. And that's just, that's just who I am. Like a couple of weeks ago, we went to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. I just put the Ark. And hoping it wasn't gonna take me to the real Ark in Turkey or wherever that thing is located, you know. But, but I put the Ark Encounter and, and I didn't, it said Kentucky, so I'm like, hey, it should be good. Start, let's go, baby. And I'm just, I'm just following the GPS. It's just telling me, trusting where to go. Have no idea what interstates we're gonna take, what roads we're gonna go. It's just turn by turn. That's just, this is how we go. Now, just so you know, I, I don't operate the church that way, <laughs> you know? Um, I do like to plan, but when it just comes to road trips, it's like, man, I got everything I need. It's right there. I'll just follow. Well, God's plan is just like sort of a GPS system on your phone, taking you on a long trip. You know, the directions were already on my phone before I got there. You know, the directions were already there. The phone knew that, all right, it knew how to calculate from my location to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. It just knew that. It was already there. God's direction for your life is already here. It's already here. And God wants to share that plan, that direction for your life. God's thoughts of me and his plan is very precious, as David said, shared with us. Just like when you're, when you're listening to the GPS, he's like, okay, I gotta make sure the volume is up. Because if the volume's not up, then I'm gonna get lost. So I've gotta listen to that. Okay, y'all be quiet. The GPS is talking, because I've gotta listen to where the next turn is. We, we've gotta do that with God as well. God, you're talking. You're reading something in God's word. Oh, you're talking. You, you, you're telling me to do a certain thing, what's in your word, so I've gotta be able to do that. Or you're just going through life and as, you're, as, you, as you pray and as you invite the Lord into your day, you can say, all right, I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to do these certain things, to talk to this person, to call this person, or to, or to you know, um, accept this certain position, or to move to this location, or whatever. But God is talking to you. We just got to listen. If we could trust our phone to create a, a plan of direction, then we could trust the creator of all things to form a plan in our life. If we just need to turn the noise down that's coming from you know, the radio of our life, the other stuff in our lives, we just gotta turn the radio down and listen to him. So David shows us that God knows us God pursues us. He made us. And then God has a plan for you. And then the last thing we see, verses 19 through 24, as we close this out, is that God has peace for you. God has peace for you. Let's, uh, let's read this. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. 
Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Then listen to his demeanor change here. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. There's a key word there, anxious. See if there's any offensive way, another key word, in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. We see we see some real honesty from, uh, from David about his frustrations with living among wicked people. We see that right there in verse 19. He's, he's frustrated. He's angry. He's filled with hate toward people who are evil, who live their life against God's principles. Have you ever... Have you ever felt that frustration? Do you ever feel frustrated living in our culture today? Oh my gosh. The older I get, the more frustrated I get. I just become just an angry old man, I guess. I don't know. But it's just like the, the things that are happening in this world and the things that are going against my Christian faith, I just want to wring some neck sometimes. <laughs> Amen. I just, I just get so frustrated. I have this, this holy anger sometimes that rises against me. I'm often filled with anger and, and holy hatred towards a culture that has zero respect for Christianity but demands that I tolerate sinful lifestyles they identify as appropriate. I'm so frustrated sometimes. I've seen many of the aspects of Christianity overlooked, mocked, and forgotten over the past 30 years. The Christian culture I grew up in is fading fast. And we are now living in a post-Christian culture, 100%. But when I get anxious and frustrated about this, I will often have to change my demeanor and I have to go to the Lord in prayer as David does in verse 23 and ask the Lord to just test my anxious thoughts. Make sure there's nothing offensive about me because sometimes I just wanna go rant, have a holy, righteous rant and God's like, hmm, let's not do that. Let's not do that. You know, it's easy to feel like a nobody when you're trying to go against the world on your own. Allow God to fill you with his spirit and to give you peace. Allow him to search your heart. Allow him to search your heart. When things get frustrated and you're angry about this world and how they're, they're literally spitting on your faith and on your belief, and they yet demand you to tolerate their life of sin. Just realize, hey, the reason people act like that is because they don't believe in God. They don't have a faith in Jesus Christ. Why would we expect them to act any other way? Just like the parable said, the wheat is growing up with the weeds.
And at the end of, of, of time, God, who's the only one who can judge, he will collect the wheat and the wheat, and he will separate them at the great harvest when he comes back. But in the meantime, you and I, we can have peace with God as David shares. God will come in if we invite him to search our hearts. Lord, am I being offensive? Am I anxious about living in this world? Then I need your peace. I need your peace. So God knows you. God pursues you. God made you. God has a plan for you. And even the craziness and anxious uh, and frustrations of life, he can give you peace. And to help you when you feel like a nobody, when you have felt overlooked in this life, when you feel alone and isolated. As I close this out, I'm gonna need a little bit of help from the audience. I hardly ever do this. I need somebody with a large bill to bring that to me. So if you have like a $100 bill, I promise I'll give it back. But if you have like a $100 bill or a $50 bill or a $20 bill, let's start with 100 Anybody have a $100 bill on them? You do? Yes. Come on up. Nice. <laughs> okay, Will, hand it over, brother. <laughs> Will's the man. $100 bill, yes. Look at that, nice and crisp. Hey, give it up for Will. Thanks, Will. Will, we're friends, right? Okay. Do you trust me? Okay, good. Awesome. I, I'm glad you trust me. This crisp, clean $100 bill, I mean, it's, it's worth $100. It looks new. It's very nice. But if I do this, and I've crumbled it up like this. What is it's worth? $100. It's still worth $100. What if I do this? I love you, Will. What is it worth? Have you ever felt like your life looked like this? Beat up, spit upon, like your life just means nothing. Can I tell you something? You're still worth the value that God put you in, put into your life. Just because your life may look like this doesn't mean that God doesn't pursue you, that God doesn't lo lo love you, that, that God doesn't know you. It doesn't mean that you're not worth something because you're still worth the full value that God put into you. So stop looking at yourself like this, looking at your, and begin looking at yourself as someone who is totally Loved by God, known by God, pursued by God, made by God, and a, and, and a God who has a plan for your life. And stop thinking of yourself as 
and nobody. Every head bowed, every eye closed here today. I hope, I really hope this message has spoken to you. It's spoken to me as well because there are seasons in my life and I just really have felt like a nobody myself. And he, if you're here today and you're, you're thinking, you know, okay, Frank, I, I just feel like a nobody because I don't, I don't have Christ in my life and my heart and he, I've not surrendered my life to him. If you're sitting here today, just no one looking around or maybe you're watching online, if you're sitting here today and it's like, you know, Frank, I just need to ask, ask Jesus into my heart to be Lord and my Savior in my life. No one looking around. Just, just simply raise your hand if that is you. If you just feel like I need to ask Jesus into my life and my heart and make sure I'm right with him. Or maybe you're sitting here today and you say, you know, Frank, I, I just really, I'm, I'm saved. I'm, I'm a believer, but I've allowed the world to crumble me up so much and spit upon me so much that I feel that way and I don't feel valued at all. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but I just want you to have a time with the Lord today. I want you to say these words. I just feel like, I just feel like the Lord just wants us to, to pause and say these words. If that is you, just say something like this. Say, Jesus, I know you love me. I know you made me. And I know you pursue me. Help me to look at myself from your perspective. And help me to love myself like you love me. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, everybody looking up here. If you, if you um, want to accept Christ as Savior, if you, if you feel like, you know, Frank, I... I uh, I just really want to know that peace, that ultimate peace in Christ Jesus. Just let me know. I'm here available. For those who are watching online, um, you could send me an email at frank at lakepointonline.com or pastor at lakepointonline.com. We could walk through that. But just know this. Stop looking at yourself like this, and um, let's look at ourselves the way God sees you. We love you guys. We've got two more weeks of, of Psalm. And then we start a new series after that called Whatever It Takes. Super excited about that. But we've got some breakdown to do. Uh, but we'll see you guys next week. Love you guys. Thank you so very much.